Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Welcome to Wreck It Out with Priority One. And now your hosts. And joining us for this episode of Trek It Out with Priority One are John Champion and Ken Ray, hosts of Mission Log, a audio podcast that explores Star Trek, the original series in the general Star Trek universe, one episode at a time. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank, Thank you. you Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you guys. And this is a pretty neat project that you guys have started up here with Mr. Roddenberry and... Uh, we're excited to hear about it, and, and of course, we heard at the convention and got to meet uh, Rod, and he was fantastic. So, well, let's tell us about yourselves first, who you guys are, the two of you, and uh, what your jobs are within this project, and then we'll, we'll move on from there. John? Sure. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I am the co-host, co-producer of DVD Geeks, uh, which is a podcast. I did produce it as a TV show for a couple of years and as a web series, series of uh, videos. And we did it as radio slash podcast and still do that show. I've been friends with Rod for a few years, and uh, I know that he had been listening to my podcast, and he'd kind of pick my brain and pick the brains of other friends of his that were doing podcasts. And I can't say it was sort of one fateful night, but after many conversations, he decided, hey, uh, we should watch Star Trek. No, really, we should watch all of Star Trek and then talk about it. And then that turned into, well, no, we should watch all of Star Trek, but we should do something with that. How about a podcast? So we started talking about that several months ago. And then he said, hey, I know this other guy that I want to talk to who also has a podcast and would probably be a great host. So uh, let me go talk to Ken. And sure enough, he did. And then, Ken, you can pick up the story from there. I do a daily Apple News and news related to Apple News podcast called Mac OS Ken. And Rod is a giant podcast fan, but also a giant Apple fan. And he picked up on my show several years ago through another show that I had been on and that he um, was listening to. And so, yeah, he's been listening for a while and we've talked off and on for the past couple of years. He actually came out to Macworld for the past two of those and this year at Macworld, he said, I have this idea. I want to run by you. Let's go to lunch. Funny thing was, there seemed to be a bit of trepidation about either of us saying, so do you want to do this or can I be a part of this or whatever? And so we kept talking about, well, theoretically this, theoretically this. And finally, halfway through lunch, I was just like, I want to do it. 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 This is very cool. I mean, that's really the best way to start your negotiations, I think, is uh, me, me, pick me. And so, yeah, I mean, we've been putting up episodes and pulling down episodes and taking them apart. And I don't mean Star Trek episodes. I mean, Mission Log episodes. I think we recorded our first one in February. And I yeah. mean, it's, there's been a lot of woodshedding. And we finally hit on something that we think is right. But we just had an hour meeting earlier before this call saying, eh, I'm thinking about tweaking this. What do you think? I mean, we've got something, but we're not done. Plus, we've got another 700 some odd episodes of Star Trek to get through in various permutations. Well, so speaking a little more about the, the, the actual project itself, can you tell us about the format of the show? I mean, it's interesting. We start off with a little bit of banter saying what it is we're going to talk about, naming the episode and doing a little bit of trivia about it, which John is, is wonderful about. I'm okay about the trivia. John's awesome about it, though. <laughs> There's a recap of the episode. 
and then sort of a general discussion, kind of a bit more in depth, obviously, than the first couple of minutes. The bulk of the show would be sort of the, are there messages? If there are messages, what are they? And then do they actually stand up? And then we sort of sum all that up in the end. Does the episode itself stand up as far as a uh, production? Do the messages stand up? And is it great for 1960, which every year, or is it still good today? That, that's kind of been the, the tough part, but the really fun part about developing this show is that we knew that we didn't want to do just a straight up review show. Oh, I like this. Oh, I didn't like this. And then be done with it. And then we knew that we weren't doing an encyclopedia. We're not trying to hit every single trivial point, although I do love the trivia and I like to throw out kind of the maybe interesting or weird points. But we try to get that out of the way and then do the, the episode summary just so everybody's kind of on the same page. We expect that people could come to this having watched every episode 20 times or people may be coming to this new. They may have just watched J.J. Abrams' movie, and that's all they know of Star Trek, and they thought, hmm, I'll give this old show a try. And our show can kind of be a, a guide and help spark those points of discussion. That was Rod's, that was his whole point. I mean, I think that's part of the reason that Mission Log became the title. He wants to know what the mission of the show was and wants to really carry that through. I mean, it's easy for us to get caught up in yeah, the sets are bad or could Shatner act or couldn't he? Because you're talking about nearly 50 years now. There's so much minutia in which to get sort of engrossed. But what he wanted to make sure is that somebody somewhere was actually stepping back and thinking about the messages that were presented on a weekly basis every time, you know, one of these shows was on. I mean, I guess really we have to step back. I mean, we told you like physically how it happened. John was hanging out with Rod one night. I was hanging out with him at Macworld. But uh, the germ, from Rod's point of view, was making sure that, that the messages and morals that are there, and they're not in every episode, but making sure that the messages and morals that are there are being explored, are still being sort of, you know, brought to the surface, that we're not just getting caught up on um, Alien of the Week. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest part of Star Trek, and that's what's made it timeless, is the fact that it's more than a show, it's a message, you know, and it, it's generally always been tied to current themes of the time. So whatever the, you know, problems of the time are, it likes to tag along to, you know, be it drugs or racism, social equality, those types of things. It's always tagged on to all these different <laughs> things in different ways. And, and I think that's the secret, though. I think that's the magic, is if you can tie it into the current issues, put a good message on it, then I think it, it becomes timeless. It doesn't really matter who's playing current who's playing captain, who's playing whatever, you know, that, that's what makes it special. Gene Roddenberry, the Shakespeare of science fiction. <laughs> well, and, and you know what's so interesting is that I, I think all of us here, we, we've been fans for a long time and Star Trek fans love to talk about Star Trek. And if you go to a convention, you meet hundreds, if not thousands of people who all kind of have this common bond, this common thing that they really love and they love to talk about, and yet they are from every part of the world, every background, every point of view, political, religious, social, they are bringing everything with them, and yet they can all say, well, I love this show. And I love this show not just because of the hardware or the acting, but because of the message and the ideas. And the more that I heard that made me more fascinated and interested to go along with the idea of doing something like Mission Log, because I thought, okay, well, if we're all really saying that that's what we love, then what happens when we pick that apart? <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> what, what happens when you really dive in deep and try to figure out what those messages are and what, what can we really get out of it? Do some hold up Do some of them just not? And we'll find that out over the course of the next 13 years. <laughs> I, and I certainly hope so. And I didn't mean to say that jokingly, but 
you know, quite honestly, like you said, it, it touches so many lives. And just like the great writer Shakespeare himself, you know, that themes are universal and can go through the decades. And, and I'm really looking forward to see what you guys come up with. Now, have you both seen all the episodes of Star Trek or are you guys taking a fresh look at all of this? I have not seen all of the episodes. <laughs> I know that for a fact. I may have seen all of the episodes of The Next Generation. And then I've seen a bunch of episodes of every other series, but I know I haven't watched it all the way through. I'm pretty sure that I've seen all of the original series, but here's the thing. When I watched it when I was really little in the 70s in syndication, I just, uh, oh, Star Trek's on. It's that show with Kirk and the cool spaceship. And I wasn't paying, I was so young, I wasn't paying attention to all the stories in every episode. And then in the 80s, I had a lot of episodes on VHS and I would still catch it whenever I could. But I like to think that there's probably some of it that I've never seen before. Like uh, I'll discover an episode somewhere in season three that just somehow passed me by. But the cool thing about the way that Ken and I approach the show is that we will watch every episode two or three, sometimes four times before we record. And each time we watch it, I think we both probably sit down and just watch it just to watch it and then go back very soon after and start taking extensive notes on it. Almost every line gets a note of some sort. So it really is watching it with a fresh perspective. And I, I've discovered so much more in episodes that I thought I knew really well. And, and, then, and cool. then my favorite thing has been, and I, I go nuts when I find it, when you find like one line in the show that actually tells you so much about uh, society that they're talking about in an episode of Star Trek in particular. There was something that happened in the cage that I think I mentioned, and there was something in another one. Uh, we had a listener write into us this week and say, hey, you missed a line in the naked time. Anyone had to expound upon it? And I was like, wow, you're awesome. That is so cool. And then John said we should go back and redo the episode, which we're not, <laughs> <laughs> not going to do, but we're happy to no, have those no. comments anyway, because you hear John say we watch it. I usually do between two and three times, but I mean, we, you know, we watch and we note and we do everything. And still, I mean, it's, it's so neat that there is so much there. That, I mean, even doing it and trying as hard as you can to like catch everything that you possibly can, there's still stuff that people are catching and watching that, that we're not necessarily going to hit. And I mean, that again, going back to what John was saying about the community, I mean, that's awesome. You know, yeah, that I people mean, will be like, hey, did you think about this? Ah, no, where were you? <laughs> right. But, but that's, and it's kind of important again to kind of get the idea out that our whole concept of this show is just to have the discussion just to, to get the ideas out there and, and be as thoughtful and as thorough as we can. But like I said, we're, we're not doing the definitive history of Star Trek and we're not doing the encyclopedia of Star Trek. So there are things that we will miss or maybe give a, a, a different amount of importance to. But we love this dialogue. We love the idea that we can get a show out there and then within minutes or hours, people are writing it on Facebook and Twitter and leaving comments and calling in and saying, hey, I really love this or you should have mentioned that. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I don't know, but we certainly won't go back and redo an episode, but uh, <laughs> we, we've been talking about doing feedback episodes where we can incorporate a lot of the comments that we're getting and, and maybe ruminate a little more about some of the points that we've made or, or some of the things that we didn't spend enough time on. You say you guys, you go through the episode line for line in most cases. Do you have the script in front of you? Do you have, what, what kind of tools do you have at your disposal, if any? 
I usually start out by watching the show online. I'll stream it from Netflix or Star Trek.com. And then I will go back and watch it with subtitles on Blu-ray because I want to make sure that I, I haven't missed a name because I, obviously when you're dealing with like alien names or planet names, I want to make sure that I'm hearing it correctly. So I watch it with the subtitles on. Then I also go through the, the usual resources like uh, Memory Alpha, Wikipedia. Those are good places to get started. And then I've got a shelf full of Star Trek books, the ethics of Star Trek, the making of Star Trek, the, the Bob Justman Herb Solo book that they did a few years ago. And Rod has been nice enough to kind of open up the office archives. So I have gone through scripts. We had actually a lot of handwritten notes from Gene Roddenberry for The Cage. And that was fascinating to go through and see whole sections just crossed out, things that changed dramatically, and then other things that didn't change at all, that just seemed incredibly prescient about not only the rest of the original series or that particular episode, The Cage, but about the entirety of Star Trek. And we're going to try to find the right blend of that. Uh, I'm going back to do some more research at the Roddenberry office. And where it's appropriate, we'll put that stuff in. But we don't want to spend, you know, again, too much time just doing the, the nitpicky stuff. When it serves the point of the show, when it serves the, the journey of trying to figure out these important morals and messages, then we know that we've really hit on the right kind of trivia to talk about. It, there, there's a lot of trivial information, and I don't mean that to trivialize it, but there is a lot of trivia on the web about Star Trek. So the, yeah. the specifics are going to be pretty easy for most people to find, but when we can tie it into something that either just that we really like, you know, a, an actor that we really like or a writer that we really like, or if it says something about the point of conversation that we'll have later, yeah. then we'll take it. But if it's just like rattling off numbers or budgets or so-and-so is on the show then they were off the show well we don't get too much into that okay. are you seeing the character uh, correlation here elijah <laughs> yes yes, yes. <laughs> which yeah. one's you which one's me like exactly <laughs> mr Overanalyze. i call him the mandroid because he does everything to the <laughs> degree of analyzation he's the mandroid and i'm kind of like yeah i'm just like yeah i watched it uh, okay let's talk <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, I mean, I watch, only... I watch it with purpose. You know, I'm not. I'm just like, yeah, yeah I think right. I saw it once. Let's hit record. Come on. Right. Yeah, but that's <laughs> totally. It's it's just funny to me because you could totally see the coral, like who's who in the zoo. It's just great. I think it would be hilarious. I mean, first of all, if only I worked this hard in school, but I think it would right. be hilarious is if you saw Ken's notes just in my mind, because we're on opposite ends of the country. And I picture Ken having this notebook with very detailed writing about every line. And because you're doing it old school, right? You're actually writing down in a notebook, yep. right? Okay. Yep. See, I, I usually I have my computer in front of me and I'm just banging out stuff into Google Docs as I watch it. And it's usually completely nonsensical to anybody but me at that time. Like, what the hell is that? What's going on? What, you know, what did he just say? And, and then I have to go back later and go, all right, wait, wait, what was I thinking? Can I turn this into something vaguely important sounding? <laughs> yeah, no, when you talked about the process earlier, I, I make fun of the whole thing with the books. But yeah, what I watch it with is Netflix through my Apple TV usually and my remote because I'm pausing. It takes me easily an hour and a half uh, to watch an episode when I actually get to the note-taking part of it because every single thing that happens gets 
written down, which seems a bit over, like overkill. But then I can go back and say, oh, this ties back into what happened you know, earlier and, da, 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 and all that stuff. It's it's really it's it's obsessive. We obsess so you don't have to. There. How's there that? You, there, that's <laughs> okay. a good tagline. I like that. Thank you. It's going to be mine from now on on everything. <laughs> well, now, do you guys have any plans at all? And I was curious about this because, you know, it's such a lucky thing. Well, I guess it's not luck. It's by design. But, you know, having Rod as part of the team, even though he's not as direct as you two, obviously, but he gives you these uh, accessibilities to things that you normally couldn't have access mm-hmm. to. Have you guys considered having any of the actual uh, actors from the show sit down with you and review the episode and get it from their point of view and what they thought of the writing and the script and their particular part in the episode? John? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention that. Yeah, that, that is one of the things we've talked about from the very beginning. But, but big caveat here, Mission Log, the actual show itself, will stick to the format that we're doing now. So two co-hosts analyzing the show, talking about the topics, and then trying to figure out our thesis questions. What are the messages? Do they hold up? Blah, blah, blah. If and when we do other stuff, we, we have guests, we have listener feedback, all of that. We've talked about the possibility of working that in as a supplemental podcast that wouldn't necessarily have as tight of a structure. The whole idea, and again, this all goes back to Rod because it was really his concept. He said, you know, I want a podcast that can sit on a shelf for 10 years, 20 years, however long, because certainly the lifespan of digital media is infinite as long as you have the thing to play it back with. And anybody should be able to pick up any episode of the mission log, listen to it after watching an episode of Star Trek, and it should be timeless, and it should just stick to the points that we're trying to do. Now, all the other stuff is great, and having a guest perspective on will be terrific, but we're trying to figure out exactly the right way and the right timing to do that without diluting what we're doing now. We've kind of figured it out, wouldn't you say, Ken? Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think about the only thing that I would add to that is there's also there's a need for continuity. And I think it's important to both of us. And I can't remember if we actually stated it or not, but I think it's important to both of us that Mission Log have consistency. We've got one, two, three, four segments. We've got the questions that we answer every week. We've got a structure that we follow every week. And while it's awesome that we you know, have the opportunity to have some people on that people definitely want to hear from. We don't want it to be, wow, second week they had you know, this totally, I'm going to listen to this. And then by the fourth week, you don't have that person anymore. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of one issue. And the other thing is we do want to be able to play fast and loose. We've got a couple of actors that we're talking, well, one that we're talking about talking to, one that we've talked to about talking to. Uh, on a recording. And then we've got an author who has nothing to do with Star Trek, but he is a science fiction author. He is an author that I honestly love. Somehow he got wind of what we're doing and word got back to us that he would love to sit down and talk to us about it. You're Uh, kidding me. Okay. So, I mean, personally, I would want to put that in a supplemental show so that we can talk about Star Trek and talk about the things that he wants to talk about. But then I can also say, so when this happened, tell me. Because, I mean, we've got people who we can sort of take out of the canon a little bit or out of the timeline or out of Star Trek and say, what you have to say about this is fantastic. But people need to know that you did this, too. And it would be dumb of us not to ask you about that. Um, I I will tell you this. So uh, over the last several years, one of the things that I've been doing partially for DVD Geeks and partially for other clients has been producing a lot of interviews and specifically a lot that have to do with Star Trek. And I'm talking about video on camera interviews. And overdoing these interviews, I've found the actors are great and they know how to work a camera and they know how to be on 
And really, though, their experience is going to be very similar to each other. One actor on one series, they kind of had the same grind. And most of those stories are eventually going to kind of wear thin. But you talk to a director, you talk to a writer, you talk to a third level prop maker, <laughs> you know, the lighting guy, the sound guy, but, but particularly the writers and producers. Those are the people who had to have the bird's eye view of the shows. And for what we do, we really are taking that bird's eye view of the show, trying to figure out what's the big important takeaway from each of these. So the more people like that that we can talk to, and more importantly, the fans. So like Ken said, we, we've got a science fiction writer who said that he really wants to be on our show. And we thought, well, cool. A, here's a writer anyway, so he's thinking about these ideas, and B, he's a fan. And the fans are the ones who, as you know, as we're doing right now, can just sit down and talk about Trek to no end. So I'm really looking forward to stuff like that. And I think what you're going to see in our supplemental is going to be a blend. You will have insiders who worked on the shows, but we're also going to find those unique stories. Some may be well-known, some maybe not. Some, some of those guests well-known, some not. Uh, but they're all going to have an interesting perspective and really be able to talk about the impact that Star Trek had on them, not just the job they did. And that that is fantastic. I look forward to those supplementals indeed. Well, so do we when we get around to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like to ask a little bit about Rod Roddenberry's involvement a little more. Does he kind of take a step back and let you guys do what you want to do? Does he give weekly input? First of all, he was not interested in doing the show on a weekly basis himself. And I don't know if that's because he didn't want to record or he didn't want to put his name to it specifically, or I don't know what it was. I can tell you, though, having worked with him for the past eight or nine months, uh, this show would never have been made if he were going to be the host of it because dude is everywhere. I followed him for a while on, uh, you know, there's some app on the iPhone where you can see where your friends are. Find my friends, I guess it is. And for a while, I think because we were both at Macworld, we had Find My Friends on, and then he didn't turn it off. And so sometimes I pick up my phone, and he's like, oh, he's in Orlando. Oh, look, he's in New York. Oh, it can't find him. <laughs> and then we'll get like a Voxer message. It's like, hey, guys, I'm in the outback, but I've got 30 minutes of connectivity. So I wanted to run something by you. So his involvement is very <laughs> hands-on removed, which makes yeah. no sense. But I mean, it, again, the whole idea was his. And part of the tweaking uh, conversation that we had about an hour ago or a couple of hours ago at this point was because he has this new thing that he wants to run out. So, I mean, it's, it's very much for the sense of ownership that John and I feel in it and for the level of involvement that we both had and developing it's i mean it's very much rod's show i mean what you're hearing is the product that he wants now he may not always agree with everything that we say because in the uh, in the playground that we've been given you know we're allowed to play but the show that you've got is hopefully if we're doing our jobs right the show that you've got is the show that rod envisioned yeah i mean we're in constant touch with him and like ken said voxer it'll go off because very often we'll be in totally different places. Already a three-hour time difference between me and Ken. And then if Rod is halfway around the world, add another 12 hours to that. But it, it doesn't matter. Voxer, you'll get a string of messages. And, and if one of us is up at 2 o'clock in the morning, yeah, we'll, we'll answer that. Just to throw around ideas. And uh, I, I think Rod was writing notes on the plane back from Australia about Miriam because yeah. we were just recording that one. So he's doing this along with us. Well, that's a great thing about projects like these is that you could be anywhere. You know, yeah. if Rod's in Australia, you guys are on both sides of the coast. It doesn't matter. The, the, the creativity is there and the technology is there. 
where it's very easy to put it all together. Now, well, what, yeah. wh where's the future? Where's the future of mission logs right now? There, there are little things we're still arguing about. And I won't say arguing, but we're going back and forth on, like, when do we do the animated series? Because so many people are willing to forget the animated series that the thought is, eh, maybe we'll do it later. Maybe we'll do it if we get bored. I personally think we have to do it immediately after TOS, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's up for debate. When do we do the movies? Because yeah. that's kind of difficult. We had said we're going to do everything in broadcast order, and, of course, movies aren't broadcast, but okay. Do you do Final do you Frontier? Do up, yeah, up through the voyage home and then do Next Gen. Which you know? doesn't work because then yeah. halfway through the second season of uh, Next Gen... Uh, you have to do the final frontier, or I would, second. I would roll a timeline. I would think that would be simplest. Is just roll timeline. Okay, so then when do we do JJ Trek? Ah. <laughs> Laugh, because that's basically starting the timeline over again. Oh, interesting I point. Know, that. Okay, that's yeah. not bad. That's not bad. Well. Although it's an actually, timeline, so it, it begins all over again. Well, it's only an alternate timeline for our characters, though. George <laughs> Kirk was existing in the same timeline that the Spock and and Kirk and Bones that we know we're in. It only became a different timeline after that. But that means the movie actually starts. See, you can't roll timeline too because we should be in we should be in Enterprise right now if we're gonna roll a timeline. Yeah. That's oh, a that that is is true. a good point that about Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. One of the cool things that this show has allowed us to do is that starting in Vegas when we announced this show, Rod and I did a panel about humanist philosophy. He you know, Rod through Trek Nation has been doing so much research about his father and he's got interviews and speeches and articles and private recollections that friends and family have told him and we wanted to do something kind of philosophical about his father but then that tied very much into mission log to say well okay this show now is going to explore those philosophies and and those ideas and i really have this hope that the more mission log that we do the more opportunities we'll have to do things like convention panels and possibly even a screening and a talk back or something like that particularly when we get to the really provocative episodes or, or provocative movies that have themes that are worth discussing that may be controversial you know, so I, I hope there's a lot more stuff to do kind of away from just being behind the microphone. I would love the idea of screening. I would most certainly show up in New York City or, well, you're in Buffalo, so Buffalo, <laughs> maybe Saratoga or... And, and do a screening like that. I think that'd be very that'd be very fun. Yeah, uh, it may maybe something like that, or maybe a convention. Um, but we'll see. We we've kind of kicked that idea around a little bit as well. Not nothing formal, but um, but it is an idea that's floating around out there. Nothing. Get, what a what a fantastic excuse to just get a bunch of trekkies together and talk. Yeah, you never need, yeah. you never yeah, need a, a better excuse than that. That's fantastic. So I exactly. hope I hope that'll come. I hope that'll I hope that comes to fruition. We will let you know. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this little interview here. Thank you so much for stopping by and spending time telling us about your project, the fantastic project that it is. Is there anything you'd like to say before you go? Any little snippets of news that we should be aware of? You know, we record ahead of time, so we always bank a few episodes, but we really, really want to hear from our listeners. So on Facebook, on Twitter, Mission Log Pod is our handle. Skype, uh, you can even call us and leave a voicemail. That's an excellent way to do it. And then as we kind of work out the timing, whether or not we're doing the supplemental stuff, we'll be able to play those comments. And we just, we really want this to be a dialogue. That's the most important thing. That phone number, by the way, 323 522 
888-5641. And most of that is actually up at the uh, show's website as well, missionlogpodcast.com. And, and big, big thanks to Warp 11 and Key Theory, K-I Theory. Really cool music. I'm really happy about that. Well, again, John, Ken, thank you so much for stopping by Priority One and, and sharing with us. We hope to have you on again some point, and best of luck in the endeavor. We really look forward to the future. Thank you, guys. So do we. Yeah. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Transfer complete.